comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry in Kumasi, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. First Chronicles chapter 29 verse 26 to 28. There are many things people do in order to succeed and break through in life. Many things. Some go to school. Others are set up in businesses. Others uh, get into politics with the aim of making it. All kinds of things many people do. Others also actually consult the occult just to break through and appear to be successful. So there are many things people do to succeed in life. But one of the things that scripture shows us that we can also do to break through and succeed in life is by just loving the church. Someone say loving the church. I mean, it looks so simple that sometimes you, you may, you, in the simplicity, you can easily lose a spark. You know, simple things are usually powerful. Do you know that? Simple things. I like simple, simple things. Simple but nice. A lot of people like complex things. But the best of the gospel is usually simple. Jesus used to teach with simple, simple things. And lives were getting transformed. So God also has given us simple principles that when followed can bring a person into an area of unending success. How does really breakthrough look like? If you want to see a person who has broken through, a person who you would want to be like, a person who is doing well, how do they look like? Maybe we can, uh, David can help us see First Chronicles chapter 29 and verse number 26 to 28. Very important. He said, so David, the son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel. Reign. Somebody say reign. That means he was not a subordinate. He was on top. May you be on top. Amen. I said, may you be on top. Amen. He reigned over all Israel. Seven of them in Hebron and 33 in Jerusalem. All his life he was in charge. He died at a ripe old age. Now look at him. His lifetime he reigned. The Bible said the rich ruled over the poor. The servant, a borrower is a servant to the lender. A borrower is a servant to the lender. The rich ruled over the poor. The borrower is a servant to the lender. The man ruled in his lifetime, and then when it was time to die, he didn't die in a water shock manner. Somebody say water shock. No, no, he didn't die like that. You won't die like water shock. Yeah. One of the ways I am seeing myself die is uh, one afternoon like this after church, I will come and bless everybody in the church go home, have a lunch with my wife and children, and I will anoint them and say, hey, it's time. I'm going to the other side. Praise God. Check out into my room, sleep, and sleep to go. Praise God. That's how I see myself go. I don't know how you see yourself go, but the Bible said, as far as your eyes can see, I will give it unto you. If you can see it, you have it. I don't see myself Sorry and uh, sad to see people go through accidents, but I don't see myself go that way. 
The Bible said he gives us his angels charge over thee. They keep you. Not a single one of his bones shall be broken. That's a picture I see all the time. I'm not dying with broken bones. I'm not dying with my ears cutting. My head's cutting. That shall not be your testimony. He said he died in a ripe old age. Having enjoyed a long life. May you enjoy a long life. May you enjoy a long life. Wealth and honor. Why did he enjoy a long life? Because there was wealth in the long life. When you have a long life without wealth, you can't enjoy it. May you have a life that is long, a life that is wealthy, a life that is honorable. Very important. All of this, there's no degree where we go to get this. Your degrees can give you the wealth, but can they give you long life? Can they give you honor? Haven't you met a lot of people, professors, politicians who are dishonorable people? They can't keep their word. I mean, that's, but this man had it all together. And the, 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 the icing on the cake is that then his son Solomon ruled in his place. When it was all over, having established a business, having established an empire, when it was time for him to exit, he was not betting with who would take over. Will this business survive? Will it collapse? By the time I'm going and exiting, this church would have grown very big. Yeah. Every continent will be represented. Yeah. And I'll not be worrying about uh, how, how the church do because God will make sure that everything is intact. Yeah. Can somebody give me a belief in amen? Yeah. You see, because for men, our greatest predicament in life is our work. A man's great, uh, unless he's a man, woman. But a real man, his predicament and his joy and satisfaction in life is his work. By the time he's hesitating, he wants to see that he's been able to pour himself. He's done something productive. And that thing is a legacy that will live on. Because men want to live a name. They want to live a legacy. That they also did this in their time. And that's why I also like to people to live in Africa. Because this is where you can make your name move. I'm telling you, see them, they go out and they are, when it's uh, coming down, then they are coming to Africa. Because listen, no matter how high you go there, your name will not be celebrated there. But this is David. What was his secret? Because if you don't pay attention to secrets, you cannot become a star. Stars are always product of secrets. It is the secret stars know and they engage that makes them stars in life. So we need to know the secrets that this man called David engaged to become the kind of man he became. Blessed, loaded, dying uh, uh, after a long life. What was his secret? First Chronicles of 29 verse 1 to 3. The Bible said, David announced to the whole assembly, my son Solomon is the one whom God has chosen, but he's still young and lacks experience. The work to be done is tremendous because this is not a palace for people, but a temple for the Lord. Verse 2, I have made every effort to prepare materials for the temple, gold, silver, bronze, iron, timber, precious stones, and gems, stones for mosaics, and quantities of marble. Verse 3, let's read it together. Over and above, all these I have provided and given silver and gold from my personal property. Because of my love for God's temple. Did you see that? Because of his love for God's temple. Where is your love? Liverpool. Where is your love? Asna. Where is your love? Chelsea. Where is your love? Money. Where is your love? Your family. This man set his love on God. 
He said, because of my love, I have given over and above. Because of my love, I'm giving over and above. Because of my love. You don't count what you are giving out when you are in love. When you are genuinely in love, usually, a man for me, if you say, wedge me. Say, I don't know who yeah, is. Then they tell you, you have to be cautious. It's not, love is not cautious. Praise God. That's it. Genuine love gives and gives and gives and gives. God so loved us. When he was sacrificing his holy son, he, he even forgot that it was his holy son. Gave him up. Abraham was in love. He took Isaac and for three days, a 99 plus old man was looking for a place to sacrifice his only son because he had been blinded by love. There was no emotion in him. He didn't feel, he wasn't emotionally attached to Isaac. Though he had waited for long, he could let him go because he loved God much more than he loved Isaac. Over and above, over and above, over and above. So what does it mean to love God? We've touched on a couple of things in the series past. Today, we are looking at to love God is to be financially committed to the church. We started this actually last week. To be financially committed. Somebody say financially committed. When we say we love the church, it means we are ready to commit to the church financially. Praise God. To claim you love the church and not be committed to it financially is to fake it. Anything you love, you give to. In the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, he said, where your treasure is, where your riches are there, your heart will be also. Did you see that? Where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. In the good news version, he said, for your heart will always be where your riches are. Your heart, somebody say my heart. Good news says, your heart will always be where your riches are. So when your heart is in the church, Giving to the church is not a difficulty. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, that's very important. So to love the church is to be financially committed to the church. Ask your neighbor, are you financially committed to the church? That's what it means to love the church, to be financially committed. The man David demonstrated his love over and over again by what he gave. The man Solomon, the Bible says in 1 Kings 3, and verse number one, the Bible says, and Solomon loved the Lord, King James, and Solomon loved the Lord, and Solomon loved the Lord, walking in all the commandment of his father, blameless. Solomon loved the Lord, walking in all the statutes of David, his father. Only he sacrificed and bent incense in the high place. Verse four, look at this. He says, and the king went to Gibeon to what? Sacrifice there. Sacrifice there. Sacrifice Anywhere love goes, sacrifices go. Anywhere love goes, sacrifices follow. If you love the choir, sacrificing to come for rehearsal is not a difficulty. If you love to usher, being here at 6 a.m. will not be a difficulty. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. If you love the church, sacrificing anything is not difficult at all. That's what it, it is. 14 reasons. Last week I started teaching on 14 reasons why you must be financially committed to the church. Why is it important that you must commit financially to the church? Why? Don't just say, I love the church. Don't just say nice things about the church. But put your money into it. Somebody say, put my money into it. Say, put my money into it. Yeah. And I'm sharing with you 14 reasons. I could do more, but for the purposes of time... I'll just do 14. I touched on six of them last week. Number one, 
what did we say? We said that you have to be financially committed to the church because the church cannot be built without money. Somebody say, it can't be built without money. This microphone is money. This microphone is money. This speaker is money. This is money. This is money. This is money. This is money. The chair you sit on is money. The air you are breathing is money. Everywhere you see is money. Can you see money all over? Somebody say, I see money. So thank God for the presence of God here. But even the presence was induced because money was part. If this lady was leading the praise and worship with a natural voice, I think things would have been different. By the time she has done 20 minutes or 15 minutes and I'm not back, his, her voice will be crooked. Praise God. But the microphone enhanced it and you were enjoying it. Everything is money. Somebody say everything is money. Unfortunately, unbelievers would want us to talk about everything except money. And you see, it has always been like that. Oh, they don't have problem. They want us to talk about everything, talk about heaven, and leave the money for them. But the devil is a liar. I said the devil is a liar. Yeah. As long that's how Satan is. Satan, so when you come to church and they talk about money and you feel offended, then Satan is working in you. Yeah, because it's the spirit of the enemy. He wants to keep you poor. He wants to keep you poor. Kenaga prayed. He said, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me food convenient for me. He said, give me neither poverty so that I don't deny you. And don't give me riches so that I also become uh, proud. But give me food convenient for me. That is abominable prayer. Food convenient for you. When he says, I will bless you and you shall be a blessing. Food convenient for you. Selfishness. May God give you much more. You, you see, when you lack vision, every money is big for you. But when you have vision, no money is enough for you. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? No money is enough for you because, you see, the moment the money hits your hands, there are so many things you can accomplish with it. So many. So many. So many. The church cannot be built without money. That's why we have to preach and talk about money. And by the grace of God, God has given this lanky man some heart. It doesn't look at what you think and look at your face. No, 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 no. Uh, the more you do, the more I preach hard. Praise God. Yeah, because sometimes you don't even actually know what you need. So I can't look at your face and, uh, and preach down on the thing. No, you need it much more. Some of you don't even know how much of money you need. Oh, you are talking about it and your faith to come alive so that God can commit it into your hands. You are thinking some way. Praise God. I'm telling you. Turn to your neighbor and say, some little money will make a difference in your life. Listen, you see, the way you are looking, if some more money came, you will look different. Tell the person. Tell the person. I'm telling you. Some, some, some family squabbles. Some family squabbles will be sorted out. This is your wife that you think that she is some way. She's not some way. Just push a little across, you see. Everything will change. Everything. Yeah, take care there. Let them go and massage her body. Take her to one spa. Let them give her a treat. By the time she comes back, hey, honey, honey, everything changed. 
the devil that you think is in your heart, the devil will be gone. And you have not prayed the prayer. Just the massage has taken the devil away. May the Lord give you more money. So the church can, you, your life cannot be lived without money. You can't have a meaningful life without money. No, so think your orientation about money should change. I have a huge appetite for money. No, 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 no. Because money in my hands can make a lot of difference. There's so much on my heart for God, for people, and for the kingdom. That the money in my hand is so little to do. So I have a huge appetite for it. First Timothy chapter 6, verse number 19. Look at what the Bible says. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 to 19. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 to 19. He said, charge them that are rich in the world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. But in the living God, who giveth us richly all things, what? Enjoy! So if God does not give you things richly, you can't enjoy your life. May you enjoy your life. Amen. I said, may you enjoy your life. Amen. May you enjoy your life. Amen. So the church cannot be built without money. Number two, it proves the sincerity of your love for the church. When you are in love with the church, you prove it by your giving. You prove it by what? Your giving. When you love the church, you give. Your tithe will flow. Your first fruit will flow. Anything we say we are doing, your money will go inside. You see? Your money will go inside. We are buying instruments. Your money will inside. We are going already on Monday inside. Some of you, it's only your prayer. Lord, my prayer is you. Listen, don't pray for me. Praise God. Bring the money. I'm doing the prayer. Bring the money. Can somebody say amen? Bring the money. Bring the money. Bring the money. Me, my work is to pray, seek the face of God, and study the word. Your own, bring the money. Let's push it. Praise God. Proves the sincerity of your love for the church. Number three, we said it empowers the church to fulfill the prophetic mandate of preaching the gospel to all nations. It empowers the church to preach the gospel to all nations. Do you know that every nation on the planet must hear the gospel before Jesus comes? Do you know? Oh, how many of you wish that Jesus will come tomorrow? Now, that one, I know that it's not a... a, When I got born again in the 90s, we were... We wanted him to come the next day. But this generation, when they get born again, they don't want Jesus to come now. They want to prosper and enjoy life. <laughs> How many of you are in that category? May you prosper and enjoy life. Yeah. Because you see, when your Christian life is actually on track and you understand salvation, you are not in a hurry to go anywhere. Don't be in a hurry to go to heaven. Don't be in a hurry to go to heaven. A place you are going to spend the whole of your life there. Why are you in a hurry to go? This is where you have an assignment to do. And this is where you need to do it. Empowers the church to fulfill the prophetic mandate of preaching the gospel to all nations. Number four, we said it enables the church to pay staff and fulfill its other financial obligations. Praise God. We need to pay rent. We need to pay utility. We need to pay a lot of things. And all of that takes money. Somebody say it takes money. Yeah, every year. Apart from the several amount that went into fixing this place, every year a certain amount needs to be paid to our landlady. We don't go there and say, woman, it's a new year. God has sent us. We have come again. Oh, When we finish, then we say, Auntie, I'm sorry, I better start it. Listen, <laughs> she will start looking for somebody else. Praise God. After all of that, when I'm praying for her, 
Mama, the Lord bless you. The Lord increase you. Say amen. 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 When she is done, suffering a check in away. You see, that's how it works. So all these monies must go. Number five, we said it empowers the church to engage every possible means to reach and save more people for the Lord. Number six, we said it brings you into active partnership with God in executing his agenda for reconciling the world. Okay. We are looking at eight of them here. One, your financial commitment to the church proves your financial faithfulness to God. When you are financially faithful to God, you will prove it by your financial commitment to the church. You see, this thought should humble you. When you are a child of God, you don't owe anything. Somebody say, I don't owe anything. How many of you believe that God owns you? Your life. God owns your life. Are you sure? Uh -huh. So he can tell you, I need your life now, and he gets it. If God owns your life, the most authentic proof that God also owns your purse is your faithfulness in finances. A lot of people struggle to give because they think that what they have is theirs. You see? You see, it's because you lack understanding that people, others have studied it so hard and they are still not making ends meet. So whatever you have, the Bible said a man cannot receive anything except it be given to him from above. In fact, when you read 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, let's look at it in the New King James Version. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. He said, he said, for who makes you to differ from another? Please follow it. Who makes you to what? Differ from another. And what do you have that you did not receive? Did you see that? What do you have? If you have time to give, it's because God gave it to you. You have car to give. God gave it to you. What, everything you have, God gave it to you. So if he gave it to you, it's not difficult giving it back to him. That was the understanding Abraham had. So when God said, take now thy son, thy holy son, go and sacrifice him. It wasn't a debate. He just got up and offered it. Why? Because he knew that God gave it to him. And if he gave it to him and he's asking for it, he can only multiply it. Because you know what? God has never owned any man. He says, oh, no man, nothing. But love, God has never owned anybody. And if he doesn't owe anybody, you will not be the first. May God surprise you. Amen. Can somebody give me a believing amen? amen? It's important you understand that financial faithfulness is fundamental requirement for financial abundance. Financial faithfulness. Somebody say financial faithfulness. It's a fundamental requirement for financial abundance. And hear me. Until your faithfulness in little finances is proven, God cannot commit much finances into your hands. God knows a person that when he gives 5,000 Ghana to, he knows that that person will be faithful at giving it back to him. He will give it to that person. And he knows that you, even if you give you 10,000, you won't be in church for the next three months. So he will just give you some uh, 150 Ghana just to keep you around. <laughs> Praise God. I'm telling you, there are some people, their breakthrough list and their prayer list, the things that, the only thing that is delaying the thing is because God knows them. That this thing, if I answer this guy now, the next one year he's a backslider. Because he knows your thoughts from afar. So be faithful. In the book of Luke chapter 16 verse 10 and 12, he said, whosoever is faithful in small matters. Somebody say small matters. Small matters. Whosoever is faithful in small matters will be faithful in large ones. If you are giving tithe of 10 Ghana, is it not one Ghana? 
But if you feel that one Ghana is small, and so you will get a hundred Ghana and bring. The moment you get hundred Ghana, you won't give. God says that the one who gives hundred Ghana out of one thousand is the one who gives one Ghana out of ten Ghana. Can somebody say an amen? amen? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. God doesn't test us with much. He always proves us with little. You remember the parable of the talent? He said, you've been faithful over a few things. I will make you what? Ruler over many things. Ruler over many things. In the first service, I was saying that most of the time, we have a lot of promises we make to God. Only when we are broke. When the money is not there, Lord, I'll do this for you. When the money is not there, I'll do this for you. When you are getting this, I'll do this for you. When the money comes, it's as if <laughs> you are not the one. You don't even remember the list. Praise God. Praise God. When I have a list of things to do, people to bless, I document them. So as the harvest comes, I begin to go after them one after the other. Praise God. Be faithful. Some tell your neighbor and say, be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. Faithfulness is being consistent. At it. Some of you, all your tithe is 50 pesos, 50 cities. Be consistent. If you pick your tithe card, January 1, the next one is June. You are not faithful. God cannot commit much into your hands. And it's not like money didn't enter your hand. A lot has passed through your hands. A lot. Be faithful. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20, he said, a faithful man shall abound with blessing. He that make, can you see that? A faithful man shall abound with blessing. He that make it his to be rich shall not be innocent. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. When you are working for somebody, be faithful. Start with other people's business. Be faithful. When you go to where we read again, he says, if then, good news version, if you then have not been faithful in handling worldly wealth, can you see that? Verse 11, if you have not been faithful in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches of heaven? So God can trust certain people. May he trust you. Amen. I said, may he trust you. Amen. If God can trust you that if he makes you a billionaire, you will not go for three wives. He will make you. Amen. He will make you. Amen. I'm telling you. He will make you. But for some of us, the only thing that is keeping you away is your poverty. Because you can't handle the bill. Three women... One cry, you can't handle Then three. No. But if your capacity increases and you can pay all, buy them the range. Buy them the GLKs. Buy them whatever they want. Ah, Linda will come, Joe will come, and uh, they will be going and coming. Praise God. And God knows your heart. So he keeps you at 5,000. May your level change. Listen, faithfulness is key with God. Number two, you must be financially committed to the church because of the spiritual benefit you receive and other benefits you receive from the church. If you are honest, you realize that being in a good church blesses your life in many ways. How many of you agree with me? I'm telling you. You can be in a good church and it will not impact your life. When you are in a good church, it affects your spiritual life. That's the first place. It affects your marital life. It you see, when you have it fixed spiritually, every other area of your life will be fixed. Amen. I've seen that. When your spiritual life is fixed, most of the other areas of your life will be fixed. And that is what 
a good church does. A good church helps you to fix your spiritual life. Because that is the center. Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. At the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. What is at the center of your life anyway? Is it money? Is it your wife? Is it your children? Is it your school? What's at the center of your life? When God becomes the center of your life, every other thing holds. Every other thing holds. It's not like challenges will not be there. But in the midst of the challenge, you can still smile at the storm. Can somebody give me an amen there? Yeah, because, but a lot of people are very, very ungrateful. And they demonstrate it by their unwillingness to give to the church. You derive so much benefit from the place. And when we say we are giving for this cause, you are complaining. When we say we are giving for this purpose, you are there complaining and allowing Satan to speak things into your ears. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 11, Amplified Version. He says, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, if we have sown the seed of spiritual good among you, is it too much if you reap from you material benefits? Material benefits. The benefits the church in Africa particularly is giving people is much more than anything. It's a continent where we have little pleasure, more poverty, more pain, more a lot of almost every other thing bad. We are more of it here. So sometimes people say Africa, Africans like Christianity. If they don't like Christianity, where would they go? Yeah, we don't have most of the luxuries they have around. It, it takes faith in God to make everything work. Even when you are going to the hospital, you have to first of all pray and fast and put your hand in the hand of God first before you go. Because somebody can easily take the wrong needle and pinch you with it. Am I communicating here? Yeah. This is a continent you need faith. You need faith in everything. Everything you need. Everything you need. Praise God. You need, you need faith. You need a solid relationship with God. There are some places you don't need anything. You don't need to even pray about anything. Yeah. And you can be lousy that, that way. So, because of the spiritual benefits you derive from the church. Some people have been delivered from suicidal tendencies. Others have been delivered from all sorts of negative addictions. Marriages that were at the brink of breakup have been reconciled. All because of the word of God, the prayer, and the counsel you receive from church. How can you say it's a heavy thing to give to the church? Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Most of the time when unbelievers are talking, you have to put them right. Let them know. People say all kinds of things. And the church, and the church, and the church, and the church. Let me tell you. Tell the person, without the church, we will not be in existence. If the church was not in Ghana, maybe there would have been a revolt by now. Another revolution would have taken place. Am I communicating here? I'm telling you. You think what they are doing in the Muslim where they can easily do it in the Christian nations. It's the church that tells us we are blessed are the peacemakers. So though we are going through pain and affliction, we still talk about peace. We pray for our leaders. So number nine, you must be financially committed to the church because God has tied your financial prosperity and well-being to the, your financial commitment to the church. Somebody say, my financial prosperity, my financial prosperity. and well-being is tied to the church. <laughs> In my years of pastoring, I've realized that people who consistently commit to supporting or giving to the church, God always have a way of supernaturally sustaining them financially. Some of them are actually not working, but God keeps them and provides for their needs. I'm telling you. People who commit to it consistently, God finds a way to sustain them. And I have also seen that people who have much 
and they don't they can't be bothered about the church even their match they are still complaining they are still complaining and things are tough some of the complaints sometimes i receive i receive from people who naturally should not complain from a natural perspective they have no reason to complain but because they are not committed and faithful to god some divorces are after them so every time they are confused every time they are in trouble may the lord help somebody today Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. In the book of Judah, in the book of Haggai, we are told that Judah abandoned God. They left the house of God and they were minding their own business. They said it's not a time for the Lord's house to be built. Let us mind our business. Let us go to our, uh, uh, travel. Let us go and chill. And they abandoned the house of God, taking care of their matters. Every money they received, it was for me, myself, my family, and I. That was all they were doing. And God descended on them. Look at it. Verse number six. Six, six. He said, you have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You have taken God's money and you are eating Chinese. That's why when you finish, it's like they've blown air into your stomach. As soon as you finish the food, then it looks like we are moving you have eaten the wrong money. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. He said, you drink, but you are not filled with drink. It's the money. Can somebody give me an amen? amen? He says, you drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but you are not warm. You go use God's money to go and buy a nice dress. When the boy sees you, you say, ah, my dear, no, I shall dear, but I say. Meanwhile, you are expecting to be commended highly. Why? Because you are wearing the wrong thing. He says, he said, the one who earns wages, earns wages to put it in a bag of holes. Do you understand what that means? It means that when you go to verse 7, he said, consider your ways. That's God speaking. He's just giving advice. Be careful. Stop what you are doing because that is not the way things must work for you. Go to verse 8. He said, go up to the mountains. If you want to do it, go up to the mountains. Bring wood. Build a temple that I may take pleasure in it and I will be glorified. Say the Lord. Look at verse 9. He said, you look for much and it came to little. When you brought it home, I blew. I blew upon it and it went away. Says a lot of us. The reason is that you have abandoned my house. Praise God. You have abandoned my house. What is God's? You are using it for your own. Verse 11, 10 and 11. He says, The heavens above you withhold the dew, and the earth withhold its fruit. The heaven. Verse 11. For I call for a drought on the land and the mountains, on the grain, on the new wine, and whatever the ground brings, and upon all the labor of your hands. The harder you work, the harder life is for you. Why? Because you have abandoned the house of God. May the Lord help us. Amen. I said, may the Lord help us. Amen. May the Lord give you understanding. Amen. May the Lord give us understanding. Right? Number four, your financial commitment proves your loyalty and commitment to the vision of a church. When you are committed to the vision and you are loyal to the church, your money will be there. Your money will be where? There. Your money will be there. If you are not a tighter, you are not loyal to the church. Yeah, you are not. You are not. 
You are just here for what you can get, not what you can give. The Bible says, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. If you don't give to this church consistently and habitually, you can't claim. Whether the country broke or you know broke, you day inside. That is the kind of attitude you have. It's a lazy, fair attitude towards life and towards the church. Praise God. Your loyalty, because see, anything we give to, we tell the people we give to that we believe in them. You don't, let me give you this quote. He says, the vision you believe in is the vision you invest in. Take note. The vision you believe in is the vision you what? You invest in. If you believe in our vision of reaching the, taking the gospel on radio, you will give to it when the opportunity comes. If you believe in our vision of planting churches, what we say we are planting a church and we need 100 chairs, you may not be able to buy one, but you will pay half for it to be able to contribute towards the buying of the church. Why? Because you believe in the vision of planting churches. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. That's how it works. But when you don't believe in anything, no, it will not touch you in any way. May the Lord give you understanding. Number five, your financial commitment enables the church to acquire all the necessary tools and equipment needed for effective ministry and smooth running of the church. Your financial commitment, tight offerings. You think, how did we buy these things? We bought a land, 4.2 billion cities. An acre of land to build. Where did we get that money from? We didn't borrow from any bank. Praise God. Yeah. The faithful giving, faithful and consistent givings of the saints. By the time we finish this property that we are in, from taking it from scratch to the finished phase, we are done almost to 3.6 billion cities. Where did that money come from? Through the consistent and faithful givings of the saints. So it takes money, all this equipment. This uh, keyboard was bought $5,000. This keyboard, almost $5,000. We didn't get it from anywhere. It's through giving. Praise God. So, our financial commitment to the church enables the church to get assets. Kwamu Church started with full set of chairs, air conditions, everything is there. How? I was in Accra on Thursday. The work is progressing speedily. By the end of the month, 1st June in particular, they are moving in service starts there fully. So far, so far, we are not even done. But so far, rent and other things inclusive, we are getting close to 3 billion. Kwamo and uh, what do you call it? Accra Church. So far. And we have not finished. Where does that money come from? It helps us to be able to fulfill the effect, all the things needed for ministry. Lawyer AB is part of it. He's the one who has been drafting all the documents. He knows the details of amounts given, the items we buy. So you can't just be around and just be coming and going and you are not part and you claim you are in love with the church. It's fake. It's fake. We are not going to work on it. We are going to buy a set of equipment. Yeah. We're going to buy, buy it. Yeah. And to get it set. And we are going to get it done. Can somebody give me an amen? amen? And you must be ready to commit to be part of that. That's how it is. That's how things are done. Praise God. Praise God. That was what the Philippian church did. And Paul said, my God shall supply all your needs. He said, notwithstanding you have done well, that you did communicate with my affliction. Go to verse 15. He says, verse 15, please. Amplify verse in verse 15. It was right and commendable and noble of you to contribute to my needs and to share in my difficulties with me. 
My needs, the things he needed for ministry, they made it available. He needed equipment, it was available. He needed to travel, it's everything he needed. So later on, he said, my God shall supply all your needs. You can be with a man of God and the man is breaking down, struggling, doing everything just to keep you well and keep the church running and you are not participating in any, uh, God will bless me. It doesn't work like that. He said you have contributed to the things that are needed. And now, my God shall supply all your needs. Why? Because they supply all the needs of Apostle Paul to make the ministry work. Is somebody following what I'm saying? Everything he needed, they made it available. So, he said God will supply. And God supplied it. May God supply all your needs. I said may God supply all your needs. Number six, your financial commitment empowers the church financially to do good unto all men. Beginning with needy folks in the church at every given opportunity. When we are financially committed, the church is empowered financially to help people. Praise God. We help people. This is a church that believes in helping people. There are people who paid their rent for them. Sometimes over 5000 and it's paid. Yeah, it's paid. Some people are set up. Thousands of Ghana cities. And it's done. That's what we believe in. When people are going through difficulty and we are aware and we are, we are conscious of their commitment and dedication, we help them. This is not the church. There's a gentleman who I went to a crowd to minister. When I finished ministering, they brought him to me. He, has, he was in the second year or so at UPSA. His father is so ill and uh, uh, the mother has, is not doing anything. And he was going to sit at home. I said, not in this church. If you are going to sit at home, you will be sorted out. They went to the school. The, the school was almost in the process of redrawing him. I told Reverend Bright, go there. When he went there, sorted out, thankfully, I knew one of the lecturers. Asked him to get him reinstated. We paid his fees and we've been paying. We, we assist him monthly. Our people have taken through nursing training, they finish. That's, that's, that's what church is about. And we cannot do that. We can do much more for people when we are more. Praise God. We can do much more for people when we are more. We don't just do it for anybody. So don't just say, ah, oh, Pastor, I hired Joseph. Remember? No. You, you, no, you'll be scrutinized. We'll have to check and check you well and be sure that you, you are correct. Praise God. Not that you go, oh, corner, hey, Dr. Ken, you are getting F in change. You say, Pastor, I need to go to school. Listen, they don't go to school like that. Find some carpentry work and do. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Yeah. Praise God. A lot of the time, we have a lot of good intentions. But good intentions can only be translated into good works with money. Take note. He said, I said, it takes money to translate good intentions to good works. Many great and beneficial intentions have, neither, have either been shelved or others abandoned because of limited resources. Good intentions. Good intentions. Good intentions. A lot of good intentions, but it can be carried out. Because the money to push is not there. It's not there. Praise God. That's why you must be financially committed to the church. And don't just uh, be thinking about it. Say an amen. amen. Yeah. That's it. The early church was so financially, that's my dream actually. The early church was so financially empowered, lawyer, that they said there was not one person that lacked in the church. There was not one person. May God bring faith out to a place where no one will lack. There's a system that is in my heart and will be putting it to work. Yeah. Now, at least, you see, 
Yesi akuda o nyina obeto eh car no. Ohun tire no obisa ne bo. You see, if we are believing God that we come to a place where no one lacks amongst us, there are some basic things we can be doing for people. We can meet all their needs, but there are some basic needs we can meet. One of them is bread. The Bible says, having food and raiment. There are some people what to eat monthly sometimes is a challenge. Praise God. But if we set up a storehouse in this church, where every month certain people who are that needy can draw a bag of rice, some tin tomatoes, and they can go and sort themselves out. You think they won't sink and thank God where? Well? They will do it. And that is what church is about. It's not just about coming and singing and going home. The Bible says when you have eaten and you are full, you will praise the Lord. Sometimes when you are praising God on an empty stomach, it's difficult. Yeah. Jane is here. Lift up your voice. Let's sing. They are not singing. Somebody is hungry. How can he sing? Praise God. Praise God. So when the opportunity comes, seize it and be a part. Number seven, you must be financially committed to the church so that the voice or the influence of the church is neither silenced or limited by poverty. That's one of the things that makes my heart beat and I'm all out to seek your financial prosperity and well-being. I, among other things, just like John desired for the, the, the gayest people, he said, I desire above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospereth. There are many desires in my heart for you. One of them is that you'll be very spiritual. Amen. Say amen. amen. Yeah, that, for me, that's my topmost desire for you, that you'll be very spiritual. Because when you're very spiritual, it helps you. Praise God. It helps you. When you are spiritual, no matter the challenge that comes your way, you are empowered to deal with it. But beyond spirituality, I also desire above everything that you prosper. Amen. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. I desire, I want you to prosper. That way you are coming to church, you drive to church. Amen. That way you are coming to church, you'll be coming from your house, not in a rented apartment. Amen. I desire. I desire. Every time somebody tells me, Pastor, I'm starting this, ah, yeah, yeah, my heart moves. I'm starting my bed, I'm starting a project, um, I want to do this. I'm always excited because I want to see. God knows my heart. I want to see my people do well and prosper. Because you see, it is very, very difficult to resist prosperous people. When people are financially empowered, they command attention. You can't easily ignore people. If this church is super blessed, wealth, in all areas, when they are talking, they will call us. Yeah. They can't, they can't just say anything by heart to anybody. No, you cry, you cry, you cry, you cry. You cry. I didn't know you meet your mom, bro. Ask yourself. I didn't And I'm here, you cry, 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 you come and give all the wise listen. When you finish, is it water that we use to push it? The one who brings the money will decide what happens. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Yeah. So rather than fight you with them, go and make some money. When you make it and come, you will not need to call them. They will call you. Ah, now they need who watch say, yeah, no brief you are now. Yeah, because you have become relevant. Praise God. But we call for family meeting when you come crying. Yes, I'm out transportation and call. Now one of the from. 
Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 13 and 17. Let me show you something as I close. New Living Translation, please. Here is another bit of wisdom that has impressed me as I have watched the way our world works. So this is, because Ecclesiastes was actually written from a secular perspective. Solomon just looked at the world and he saw how the world runs. And he says, this wisdom really impressed me. There was a small town with a few people and a great king came with his army and besieged it. Verse 15, a poor wise man knew how to save the town. And so it was rescued. But afterward, no one thought to thank him. Verse 16. So, so even though wisdom is better than strength, those who are wise will be despised if they are poor. Can you see that? Uh-huh. What they say will not be appreciated for long. There are preachers on radio, you watch them, not because you like to watch them, because they are there. Praise God. When you switch on your TV, they are there. You go to Metro, they day. TV3, they day. Everywhere, they day. You, don't, you, you say they are not making sense. The ones who make sense, go and put them there. It's not tongues that put them there. It's money that puts them there. Can somebody give me an amen? Very important. Wisdom, 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 wisdom. That's why when Solomon went to God and said, God, medium in Pesca, Solomon, the first thing that you need, <laughs> yeah, when he came, in fact, that's why God gave him wisdom. Because he actually needed wisdom. That prayer he prayed was a very foolish prayer. Lord, give me wisdom. Just wisdom. God says, Solomon, if I give you wisdom <laughs> and I don't give you substance, social, I'm not forbidden to wisdom. So. so wisdom, in addition to your wisdom, carry this money. I will give you wisdom, nobody will match it. But I will also give you money, nobody will match it. So that every time when you speak, your word will be law. I pray for you that in your lifetime, may you command wisdom and wealth. May you experience wisdom and wealth. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Number 14. That's my final point. Your financial commitment to the church and the gospel positions you to receive uncommon rewards on earth and eternal rewards in heaven. Mark chapter 10, verse 28 to 30. Very powerful. Look at this. Peter spoke up. I like Peter. I like Peter. I like Peter. See, Peter used to ask questions. Yeah. There are some people, I don't like people who don't ask questions. Because usually they carry a lot of foolish things in their head. Yeah. Ask questions. When you ask a question, you don't, and don't be shy to ask questions all the time. When you ask questions, you, whatever you thought, even, even if you know what you have in your head is correct, still ask. When you ask and they tell you what you said is correct, it affirms what you know already. But if it is foolish, ah, and you'll be adding foolishness to foolishness. You never know where you go and open your mouth and say, hey, Akwe, say word. I didn't say it to. No. Peter spoke up. Look, we have left everything and followed you. This is Peter. Yes, Jesus said to me, I tell you that those who leave home, brothers and sisters and mother or father or children are fit for me and for the gospel. Look at it. Said anybody who give anything because of me will receive much more in this present age. May you receive much more. May you receive much more. 
which Bible do people read that makes them think that poverty is for Christians? He says, when we give, he will give us much more in this present age, not in heaven. By and by, when the morning comes, when the saints of God, are, no, 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 stop that singing. We, are, we want it here and now. If you don't handle money, gold here, how can we walk on the streets of gold in heaven? Eh? By force. You'll be a nanta by force. Praise God. Praise God. That's why you must learn to command wealth. And in this church, may the anointed of God come upon you to command wealth. Said they will receive much more in this present. They will receive a hundred times more houses. Receive houses. If you have built a house, build more. If you are yet to build, may you build multiple houses. Stop dreaming. Let me see three bedroom and where we were. That dream, small dream, dream. Praise God. Dream. Listen, it's better to dream and not see it come to pass now, not to dream. It's better. Even if you dream and you don't see it come to pass, you have carried a dream in life. But to live a dreamless life is to live a worse life. You are a dead man walking about. He said they will receive much more. They will receive a hundred times more. Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields, and persecutions as well. And in the age to come, eternal life. Blessings in this life and eternal life. As for, listen, let me tell you. As for the eternal life, it's for all of us all. It's for all of all these things. Listen, heaven listen, heaven The one who drove uh, uh, infinity. Infinity. GLK. What does that Range Rover? Those people who drove all of those cars on earth. And they believe in Christ. When they die, it's the same heaven they are going to. That the heaven you are entering with Legacy Benz. Somebody is going with Mercedes Benz. So why do you choose, pick and choose? You won't die poor. Amen. I said you won't die poor. Amen. Like David, you will die in a good old age. Amen. Full of days. Amen. Riches and honor. Amen. You are going to be anointed. I want you to anoint your palm. Because that's where it is. No matter what it is. Hey. Oh, here, Penny. They are just too tight fisted. No. Some of your economics minister crank over to you. But listen, the anointing that is coming upon you. Even if it is one Ghana that is left in your hands, that anointing will empower you to give it. That's the kind of grace that I want to come upon your life. So that no matter what it is that in your hands, you will always be willing to share. 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 When you put your hand in the oil, I just want you to do this. Wrap it in your palm. Just like this. And then begin to pray. The grace to give easily. The grace not to hold on to things. The grace to hold loosely to things. That grace is coming upon you. Father, in the name of Jesus, such as you have blessed me with, I impart it upon all. 
everyone who desires it, everyone who is hungry for it. Let this anointing be a channel of the impartation of the giving grace. Amen. The grace to be a tighter consistently. Amen. The grace to give big and small offerings. Amen. The grace not to be able to hold on to things, but to let go of things easily. Thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Fakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by Pastor Fuakwa, please call 540 or 204 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Fuakwa on Facebook and Twitter. You can also visit our website at www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services. 6.30 a.m. First service. 8.45 a.m. Second service. And on Wednesdays for our Word Encounter service at 6 o'clock p.m. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nana Ama Ejakuma Plaza. Opposite the Unity Oil Station. Santasi Roundabout. Kumasi, Ghana. God richly bless you. <laughs>